0: If you're a compliance professional, then Compliance Man Chooses the Target is here to help you figure out what to focus on and how within your organization. Join your host, Tim kazanov Bataroff, the Compliance Man, for three minutes of condensed compliance awesomeness.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode of Compliance Man Chooses the Target with my good friend and colleague, Tim kazanov Bataroff. So, Tim, uh, welcome back.
0: Welcome, everyone, and thanks, Tom, for hosting me.
1: So, Tim, today I really wanted to uh, take a little bit deeper dive into something that I think is an issue for every compliance professional, whether they're in a market such as America, United Kingdom, or Russia, or anywhere in between, which is due diligence in high-risk markets. This is a continually... Uh, bedeviling topic for uh, an issue for many compliance professionals and compliance programs. So, from where you sit, and most importantly, from where Compliance Man sits, what do you see as some of the, uh, not only challenges, but the solutions to those challenges going forward?
0: Okay, Tom. So, I would think that today we can talk about three big areas of main concerns and problems. Let's say this way. So, uh, from compliance man's perspective, uh, let's start with, a, let's say, general overview. So, how to avoid problems generally. So, from my perspective, and I believe compliance man also things like that, any company that has to follow SCPA rules must conduct decisions. Everybody knows that. Technically, this procedure should cover third parties that represent interest of the company in dealings with government or similar cases. On practice... I have seen that sometimes companies have no clear understanding whom and for what purpose they screen. So, mixing compliance with both local and US rules, they check with same level of scrutiny or sometimes the same level of negligence, all business partners as suppliers, third parties and buyers. Is that the right approach? I'm not sure, I don't know. I believe as long as you have a vision, why do you do that, I mean uh, due diligence, for instance, your company goes beyond FCPA to ethics, that is fine. Otherwise, you might want to reconsider your due diligence policy to find out whom and for what purpose you screen during your due diligence process. So that's... that's so what yeah.
1: about uh, what about risk assessments?
0: And thanks, thanks, talk for raising this question because it, it, it has a connection with, with what we have said. So based on my experience, there is another serious issue which might arise on the final stage of the due diligence process. Let's imagine you have found some negative information about certain TPI or news about breach of certain laws, for instance, local legislation, by this entity. Should we plan? Should we ban planned cooperation? Who should take this decision? Violation of what laws are critical, considering that any global company has a record of court cases and minor or huge fines from state bodies. We recommend you to have answers to these questions in order to ensure effectiveness of the due diligence process.
1: Tim, how do you see collaboration between the corporate compliance function and the corporate legal function in the due diligence process?
0: That also is a very tricky question, Tom. Well, uh, I would like to remember two contradictory examples in my practice. In my first example there was a big tension between in-house legal and compliance teams. Both teams, I mean legal and compliance, were involved in different parts of the due diligence procedure. In my second case, due to clear allocation of duties between legal and compliance, along with good communications between them, due diligence procedure worked well. I would think the main bottleneck in the first scenario was absence of understanding why Compliance Department asked for additional documents from the counterparty. Thus, I believe Compliance Function has to train, communicate and collaborate with internal partners, including Legal Function, in order to bring attention to corruption threats in addition to purely legal risks during due diligence procedure. We will talk more about teamwork in our next episode.
1: Tim, one of the things that I think is a challenge for American compliance practitioners, or perhaps those from Europe, is when they look at a due diligence report from somewhere like Russia, for instance, and and this has been my experience, there may be a long list of lawsuits, of civil litigation, or other things that might raise a red flag in America. But in Russia, uh, lawsuits and litigation, I think, are seen a little bit differently. How can a a uh, Western compliance practitioner, how should they utilize a local expert, uh, yourself, but uh, perhaps someone else to not only explain what it means to have a lawsuit filed against you in a place like Russia, but really interpret the, the written pleading so that they can properly analyze a case that's been filed?
0: Yes, Tom, it, it's a it's a big problem. I would agree with you as um, uh, just a record of court claims or administrative sanctions which could be imposed on any Russian entity for even a very minor violation of the law, or from the Western perspective, it might not be even considered as a violation as such. Uh, this is a tricky thing because what I have seen that Western companies prefer to work with companies, you know, with a, with a very very uh, good reputation, and when when they see that there is some court cases or, or things like that, they think that the reputation is not good, that their reputation was impaired. So in countries like Russia, for instance. Uh, just a record of some court cases doesn't mean that you, you, you are going to deal with a, with, a big, with a bad partner. But still, if it's a corruption, I would think that that, that is a red flag. While reasons for, uh, for, for indictment might be, might, might be different in, 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 in high-risk countries, but still, uh, I would say that uh, look at the risks which we are looking for so if for for you it's it's important that it should be a company with a good reputation from 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 the anti corruption perspective if there are corruption cases it's not a good partner of course still if you pay attention like i know uh, for example oil and gas companies from from the scandinavia they put a lot of attention to ethics and ecology for let's say so if if it's a business if your business partner has problems with with ecological uh, governmental bodies probably it's not a good partner for them but it goes beyond fcpa it goes to another and uh, another another philosophy so for me it's very important to understand what risks what red flags do you have on your agenda and to look whether your business partner, you know, have these red flags in in his records of of
1: problems. Well, Tim, this has been a fascinating exploration of due diligence in high-risk markets. I look forward to what Compliance Man brings us next. Thank you, Tom.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Compliance Man Chooses the Target. Help us get the word out by rating and leaving a review.